Alright, let's get on with the most breaking news of the day, the most important topic. My fucking Xbox One won't turn on. I, I have a big question for you, and that is, why did you need to turn on your Xbox One? Uh, yeah, is the is is it doing you a favor or? Uh, well, um, like, are you telling me there was an Xbox One <laughs> release video game that you wanted to play that came out? Actually, actually, uh, I saw a lot of people talking about Phantom Dust this morning, and I wasn't sure if it was out yet or not. And I could have just checked it up on the computer while I was there at the computer, but instead I decided to just turn on the Xbox One and think, well, if it's there, I will get it downloaded before we begin the podcast. But my Xbox One won't turn on, everybody. Uh, Sorry about that. There will be no Phantom Dust talk from me today because my Xbox One won't turn on. It is less an Xbox One and more an Xbox done. So... It's an X Xbox One. So, it is. This is an X. I won't do that. That's horrible. Uh, for all I know, my Xbox is, is is in the same state as yours because I don't remember the last time I tried to turn it on. Yeah, they're kind of Schrodinger's Xbox Ones. <laughs> they're, they're, they're neither working nor not working for most people. Uh, but I have confirmed that, that I, I kind of de-Schrodingered mine uh, to reveal that my Xbox One doesn't turn on. I can't turn my Xbox One on. I kind of prefer mine in its its perpetual Schrodinger state. I like (laughs) the mystery of not knowing whether I have a working console or not. Yeah, yeah. It's it's either that or turn it on, find out it does work, and play that fucking Kinect Dragon game. My ex's box is in the same state as your (laughs) mom's box. Oh, Gavin did a a, a slagging off of some mums. You're a rude boy, Mom Gavin. Jokes. Mom jokes. If you're not following me and Gray on Twitter, you're missing some really good mom jokes every now and again. If that's your sort of thing. Yeah. Some of us some of us it... respect women. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're missing the biggest news of the week. The biggest news of the week is not that your Xbox can't turn on, Jim. It's the Well, that's pretty big news. It's pretty big news, but it's not as big as the news that our our podcast does actually have the power to influence the universe, as we joked about last week. Yeah, just yeah. Not quite oh, yeah. The we did shake we reality. About. Yeah, we, we joked about how our podcast could kill people. It didn't do that. It did mm. summon something into existence. Yeah, it's kind of, this was more of a warning shot. So it's like, don't joke about things like, like, don't joke about more serious stuff than this. Yeah, because the gods are listening to this podcast and they will at, at, at will yeah. decide to, to, you know, shape the universe around our desires. Indeed. So this was Iron Brew. Yeah, Iron, this is Iron, Iron Brew. Midden. Yes. Iron Midden, Iron Brew. Yeah, Iron Brew uh, have been doing some tweeting. And and it came out very shortly, of course, after Podquisition, where we invented Ernmurden, uh, the the amalgamation between Iron Brew, the drink, and Iron Maiden to give Iron Maiden a more traditional Irish vibe. <laughs> and 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 yeah, the actual Iron Brew made the same connection very shortly after. Yeah, they now, re- I'm not accusing the Iron Brew Corporation of, of copying our jokes, but it's either that or we have moulded reality to fit our whims. E- either they're aware that Gavin went to see Iron Maiden and became a band member and decided to, you know, create that traditional Irish drink around the band as a, you know, a thing... Or they did just steal our joke entirely. Or we have magical powers to shape reality. I like to believe we can shape reality. I like I'm to believe that that's that the explanation. Yeah, I'm in favour of the one that grants us uh, godlike powers that we will wield capriciously and with no amount of responsibility, I might add. Yeah, we, we'll just use it to rewrite the past entirely. Uh, you know how Watch Dogs got a sequel? Yeah, that, that was us. We just we just said it now. Watch Dogs 2 had a sequel. Now that exists in the past. Damn right. We just I'm going to use my the power. Past now. I'm going to use my power to change my penis. Not to make it bigger or smaller, but just to make it say, you're doing great every now and then. Just Just <laughs> every now and then. I just want it to go, you're doing great. D- does it say that out of the little pee hole on the end? Is it just of, sort of acting of like a mouse being like, you're doing great, Jim? Of course. It, it opens up like uh, like the baby puppet version of Audrey 2. 
um, like the, the first puppet they use when it's going <laughs> to drink uh, Rick Moranis's blood from his finger. <laughs> And maybe I'll make my penis do that and all. Maybe I'll make it do kissy faces. That'll uh, that'll surprise and delight my my love partners. <laughs> oh yeah, and I can't make a your mom joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, the joke the joke here is about Jim's own genitalia. It's not a generalization degrading all women. I've seen you making jokes about people's dads, Mister Jimbo. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right though. That's all right though because, like, I love my dad. So how could I be sexist against men? So, <laughs> so check so my atheist. If I change the joke to my male ex's box is in the same state as your dad's box, then the joke is okay. Yeah, yeah, does it, yeah. Does I, it pass the skeleton warriors test then? Yeah, yeah. It goes. Yeah, like, I mean, just let's just cut to the chase and say, like, my boyfriend's arsehole is better than your dad's arsehole. Like, let's exactly. just cut Be direct to the chase, about all right? Um, let's let's drop the innuendo and just put put our cards on the table, right? We're talking about assholes and cocks. Ninety percent of this podcast, yeah. Most um, of the video game talks are euphemism. Like exactly. none of us have ever even played Bloodborne. Yeah, when I when I say I went and killed, like I I, I don't know, I, I'm suddenly f- struggling to remember a single Bloodborne boss's name now. Um, Ron the I Vacuous say, Spider. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go. When when I say that I killed Ron the Vacuous Spider, I mean that I actually like put on a strap on and fucked Jim up the ass. Yeah, yeah. Ron and the Vacuous that... Spider's face does kind of look like a gaping butthole. Exactly. I I, I killed. Surrounded Jim's by a lot of Ron. smaller gaping buttholes. If Rom was into it, I'd be into it. That's that's all I'll say, right? If Rom the Vacuous Spider was into it, I'd I I'd do a love on Rom the Vacuous Spider. I, I would too, purely because it would be a hell of a story to have around like, you know, drinks at the bar where it's like, yeah. Well, what did you get up to at the weekend? Well, I had sex with an eldritch abomination in a white void room that spewed spiders out of it, it and we, really we made good. love all night long. It was great. I showed Rom my kissy kissy penis. <laughs> so Rom... what, what you're saying, Laura, is you spent the weekend in Brighton. <laughs> oh, oh, yo, <laughs> it gavel. doesn't even make sense, but it's funny it, anyway. It 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 does the job. It makes t- seven jokes only '90s kids will get. <laughs> so should we should we talk about some video gamey things this week? Yeah, yeah, either that or we just do an episode of like I love the nineteen nineties because because Gav mentioned the nineties and I'm up for that as well. Like we could sit here and pretend we were like talking heads, like Michael Ian Black or or other people. Um, I could be Andrew Dice Clay. I mean, hey, I'm Andrew Dice Clay. Here's my favorite broads from the nineteen eighties. I got my glasses on. That's the best Andrew Dice Clay impersonation you're ever going to hear. By the way, uh, we I, could I don't do that. Know who or... that is, Laura? Do you? I know the name, but I can't place where from. I really don't know who that is. I'm counting on that so that everyone thinks the impersonation was great. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, The 90s were great because they had Power Rangers and stuff and Pokemon and 90s things. Should we talk about video games? Yeah. Let's talk about video games. (laughs) You know what the biggest piece of video game news this week actually is? And I can't believe this hasn't happened before now. Sonic Forces, <laughs> the next 3D Sonic game, <laughs> is going to allow people to play as their DeviantArt original characters. You can Brilliant. play as Dark Blade, the edgy metal death hedgehog of emo goth doom oh, if look, you we, want now. We're gonna get like like we're gonna get Cold Steel and we're gonna get um Sonichu uh, as as canon in universe Sonic characters. Because every character made with that avatar maker, with that custom character feature, every single one is real canon. They haven't said that in the trailer, but I guarantee you that is true and real. So anything you make is is going to be part of the Sonic verse. 
I I think they finally realized what people actually wanted, like Sonic yep. fans that have stuck with this franchise have wanted and have been waiting around for, which is the just... kind that send me angry emails when I make jokes about Sonic. Yeah, exactly. Where they don't like the jokes about him farting in your throat. Um, as, l- as long as they're not about Sonic's mum, though, then they're okay. Oh, they're okay as long as it's not about Sonic's mum. It's got to be about Sonic himself. But um, yeah, no. Apparently, what's been keeping that fandom alive is the hope that one day Sega would go, "Hey, make your OC, put them in the game, and they can be the hero now." So did yeah. You, did you say it's a three D title or or a two D title? It's a three D one. It's oh. it's. It's like Sonic Generations. They've got their 3D stages, uh, and then they've got their classic Sonic 2D platforming stages. Uh, it's it yeah, it's, seems, it's basically um... Sonic Generations, but they've thrown in a load of gimmicks. Which Sonic Team are always so good with added gimmicks. They never fuck those up. It seems strange that uh, in a game which has such an iconic main character that they would uh, let you not use that main character. It makes perfect sense for Sonic. Yeah, it's the Sonic fandom likes the general character design but thinks that they've got better ideas than Sonic himself because Sonic's main characteristic is just... Edgy's 1990s mascot. Chili Dogs! Exactly. And since the 90s have now moved, like, we've moved past the 90s, everyone's like, I don't want to be the edgy 90s character anymore. I want to be my 2017 edgy character, like the first Laura the Hedgehog Google image search result I found, which is totally <laughs> who I'm going to play in this game as when I review it, who is 13, sassy, serious, hardy, kind hearted, and a hero. So, if you go look up Laura the Hedgehog on Google Images, I'm going to review Sonic Sonic Forces just so I can play it as Laura the Hedgehog. Well, I mean, obviously now I want to know I want to know what the stats are on Jim the Hedgehog. I Let's this is a out. fun game if you've never played this before. Is any single name that exists brackets the Hedgehog? You can find a Sonic the Hedgehog OC you, of that name. You really can. Jim the Hedgehog. Uh, here's the bio. Age 17. Friends. Cream. Crystal. Lilac. Tails. Faye. Spark. Justin. Anne. Aaron. Sonica. Jack. Aqua. Best friends. Ember. Rose. Erica. Shadow. Of course. Like how It's like how every fucking original Star Wars character has some rivalry with Han fucking Solo. Of course he's best friends with Shadow. Uh, Violet. Gwen. Lillian. Crush. Ember. Crush on him? Three question marks. At this rate, we don't know if that's a Sonic character or three question marks. Colour? Dark blue. They say he looks like Sonic and Shadow. Uh, Gavin. <laughs> this Gavin. is my hedgehog. <laughs> I named him after me. He's he's like Sonic and Shadow. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin yeah. do you want to hear about your uh, your original character? Yeah. Okay, you're not a hedgehog in this universe. You're Gavin the Hydrid, which appears okay. to be some kind of humanoid rabbit creature. I think I, I think I'm looking at the same picture as you. Yep, you are 18 years old, homosexual. Mm. And so evil. Also, oh, you have lol, a- lol antennas. You're purple and white, and you have a big cross through your red eye. Why is my eye fucking bleeding? Because you are evil. Have I, have I been playing, like, you know, some really ugly game that I couldn't think of to make a joke out of in case I offended the person who made the game who I actually know? <laughs> You've been playing Sonic Sonic Forces, that's what you've been playing. It says so quite next to your homosexual orientation, it's because you're so evil, little tiny heart. That's why your eyes are bleeding, is because you're evil. It's because I've been watching anime. Yeah, you you, you burnt your eyes out, Gavin the Hydrid. I don't know if a Hydrid is like a, 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 a mythical creature that exists outside of this person's original character or not, but you are Gavin the Hydrid. Well... I mean, I looked up Donald the Hedgehog, and I found an orange one that doesn't have a bio. It just uh, has a streak of yellow MS painted across the top of its head, and it says, Make Mobius Great Again. So there's a gap in the market if anyone wants to do a bio for Donald the Hedgehog. I I saw a different Donald the Hedgehog uh, who's got a GOP fast. 
Oh Good. yeah, Donald the Hare Hog. I can see him too. Oh, I missed that he was called the Hare Hog. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like this is this is just a thing that exists, and I am amazed it took this long because we kind of got a taste of it parodied in uh, what was that that parody of a bunch of Sonic things that had a Sonic character creator in it. Um, Sonic Dreams Collection, that was the one. Oh yeah, I remember Sonic Dreams Collection. Yeah. That was uh, all shades of interesting. It it seems like. The lessons we'll learn from Sonic Dreams creator, which is, yeah, sure, you're parodying the fact that everyone in the Sonic fandom has their OCs that they wish were the protagonist of that series, but legitimately put that in the game and people are going to go crazy for it. Um, I kind of want to write something about this because on someone's recommendation after this news went out, I started just having a look on some like furry forums. People are losing their shit over this. This is like the the announcement are. of the century for the furry community. It seems so. Yeah, like like you know you can you can make jokes about it, but at the end of the day, there was no like 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 factual doubt that the furry community would love this. Like that, yeah, and and that's not even a judgment call. That's just. Yeah, of course they fucking love this. I, I, Sega legit- have just given them the Ark of the fucking Covenant. <laughs> I think, like, take aside the fact that it's Sonic. I think most games that have, like, really generic protagonists where the protagonists don't really have much characterization or story could benefit from just allowing people to have character creators. Like, that's a it's, thing that more know, games could just benefit me. from. It's weird to me. I, I don't know. It, it, like, I get that Sonic doesn't have many defining characteristics but i mean the same could be said for mario i could see the excitement in making an original character and putting it in a mario game just like i can see the excitement for the uh, for sonic forces yeah but it just feels weird to me i i guess putting a, a self-made character in those sorts of worlds that have i guess even if they're not well fleshed out mm. character wise they are very iconic for their worlds I, and it just feels weird i guess not playing an established sonic character in a mm. sonic game like it would be weird to me not playing you know an established mario character not even mario necessarily but someone in yeah. universe i i um, have a theory about this and i think a lot of it just comes down to the fact that while let's say we use mario as the other example The Mario series, for the changes it has made, has had a relative amount of consistency it's built upon from entry to entry. Every entry feels like it makes sense where it consistently came from the entry before it. Whereas in maybe two decades, Sonic has had countless character reboots and even more mechanical reboots. It feels like there is zero consistency oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the character. The, and I think it's it's less the second the, independent Oh sorry. Yeah. No, I, I think it's less again. to do with maybe the fact that Sonic isn't much of a character. It's that's what what little character there is of him is so poorly defined. It is kind because of because it's to the conti- winds, yeah. continually reinvented. Yeah. Well actually the the second independent gym position I ever did after uh, leaving the escapist was about this very issue. Was about uh, how how they keep reinventing the wheel with every Sonic game, and so they never get... When they get onto a a promising thread, they don't develop the idea and turn it into something genuinely good, because they scrap Mm. it all again. This frustrated me with Sonic Generations, uh, because they they started from scratch again after Sonic Generations when they really had something with that. That was a great game. Uh, And then they, they... didn't follow up on it. Then Sonic Lost World was a game that was, was, was not that as good the as one, Generations. Is that the one that was a lot like Mario Galaxy in a way with yeah, its weird sort of. with its like weird gravity stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean it was uh it was it was comparable in, in terms of taking place on these uh yeah, these these worlds with little tiny gravities and stuff. Um but it was Fraught with problems with Sonic Lost World, like mechanical problems. But the general gameplay and the actual concept was very, very sound. And the overall experience, despite it having some huge problems, the overall experience was still pretty good because the ideas that did work worked so well. And then they didn't 
they didn't do another one. And and it pissed me off. That that's that's what led to the episode was that one was when they went from that to Sonic Boom. Uh, mm. And, you know, anything else that followed that. Because they'd suddenly had another big change with Lost World. Okay, it had its problems, but there was something there. That needed a sequel to iron out the, the creases. And that could have been the, the new direction for Sonic. But there is never a new direction for Sonic. They never stick to anything for it to become a direction. It, yeah. it is just throwing so much shit at the wall. And and not even waiting for something to stick. Because if anything does stick, it's instantly covered by some more shit. And this is why, as a franchise, you can get away with having players play as an original character rather than your uh, cast of I characters you've created. Right, yeah. I, I because, guess, fuck like, it, why not? Yeah, <laughs> it, it is just a case of any... They never let anything stick with this series. Like. Th- it's one of those series where any time that there is even the slightest amount of criticism for a Sonic game that is otherwise well-received with criticisms of like, hey, this was good, maybe tweak these things in the sequel, but, you know, you had something good on your hands here. They just throw it out, don't work on the things that were criticisms of the last one, and create an entirely new thing with entirely new problems that they won't have foreseen, and just... They they don't care about this character or series having any kind of consistent legacy so sure why not let people play as their original characters yeah i mean i I get sega not really giving a shit because they're the publisher they want the money and the kids are buying these sonic games regardless like we we make fun of him as a fallen thing but even though his dignity died he is still massively powerful as a as an ip because um, the, the kids will buy any of that shit. But Sonic Team, it's Sonic Team I don't get. It's like, what? what is wrong with them? Is there I, just I wish some I kind understood. Of, is there just some kind of weird turnover of staff where any time a project doesn't get 10 out of 10s, Sega lays off the top level well, of employees and replaces them with someone different or something? I've heard the working conditions are shit. Um, this, this is me pulling... From um from a long time ago, this is I'm I'm having to draw back to uh, a, a new story I wrote on Destructoid, uh, in about I want to say 2009 maybe, a very long time ago. But I I do recall a story about um just just it being like a fucking prison in in, in Sonic Team. Uh, so any sort of high turnover, poor treatment of staff, um, firings, I believe any of it. From the things I've heard regarding Sonic Team, like like it's just not a, a great place, uh, and so yeah, that that could account for it. Uh, they could just keep losing people, but then again, I mean, they've had long term producers and directors there uh, who mm-hmm. I I just don't know what they're fucking playing at. Uh, they they get bored or confused or scared or like I've often put it down to a self fulfilling prophecy. It's the only it's only a theory, but it's all I've got is. Uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy that Sega is constantly worried that Sonic is shit, so they keep changing him and making him shit. That's all I can think of. That's all I've got. Yeah, I I don't really have anything else to add. I think yeah. That, so, uh, Gavin, is the addition of original characters going to get you to play Sonic Forces? <laughs> like a little Gav? Probably not. No, no. you're not going to play as Sonic the Rabbit with the red eyes. No. I don't think so. <laughs> um, so, you've been playing a bunch more Prey this week, Gavin. How are you getting on with that game? Uh, I warmed to it a lot in the later hours. I know, I know, Jim, you felt kind of differently. I read your review today. Um, I liked it. I liked it towards the end. I thought once I unlocked a lot more of the powers and things, the combat became more fun and more manageable, and it didn't feel as limiting, let's say, as it had in the first few hours. So yeah, I liked it. I, I still prefer Dishonored, but I thought it was pretty pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. I, I feel more in your camp at the moment, Gavin, yes. but that might still change. I'm currently leaning more your way than, than Jim's, oh. but and, 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 and without spoiling anything, I really liked the ending and how it kind of subverts what you expect from the ending of an arcane game a little bit 
I, I don't really want to say too much about it because it's a spoiler, obviously, but it's pretty pretty cool ending. I liked it. Cool. Th- I mean, I mean, it helped that, that I didn't really care that much about any of the characters, though. <laughs> uh, and Jim, you've been playing the same game as I have this week. We've both been playing The Surge. How are you, how are you getting on with that? Curious uh, about this one. Give me a second. I'm a... Uh... Something arrived, <gasps> oh. and it's uh, it's to do with the Jimquisition. Oh. Uh, it's a part is it a prop? The, it's a it is a prop. It's part of the s- soft rebrand we're doing that I've been teasing on Twitter. Uh, yeah. The Jimquisition. Uh, the oh. next Monday's Jimquisition is probably going to be the last Jimquisition, um, quite as as it has been. Uh, not that it's changing dramatically. You, you made some hearts go aflutter there when you finished that sentence slowly, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to change hugely dramatically. Like the, the, the format remains, your red and black aesthetic remains, but there are some aesthetic changes. Uh, the whole military, you know, dictator vibe thing kind of doesn't fit the, the, the sense of humor that, that sprung up and evolved from the show. And doesn't really represent what what I feel the show represents anymore. So we've we've done we've made a few alterations to things. So yeah, this is this is bits coming. I, I've seen some of the bits you've got for this rebrand. I am excited to see some of these things put into use because like they're not huge departures branding wise, but I can see the little changes you've made to stuff that are gonna make a big difference to how some of it comes across yeah. tonally and this this prop in particular which again like i said there's nothing dramatic it's not like i'm going to be riding out on a fucking horse or anything um but i have wanted for a long time and i, I guess i could talk a little bit about it i have wanted a an official jimquisition cane for a long time and that's what arrived uh and and, and I'm, I'm just unwrapping it now and how how orgasmically beautiful has it turned out? Well, it's still in the bubble wrap, but oh my fucking word! Oh my word! Are you are you ready to to unleash this on the world, oh, Jim? Fucking <laughs> hell! I don't know if anyone's ready for this. Oh, that is beautiful. So, okay. getting getting right, back, back to, to where we were, back to games. Um, the surge. How are you finding the surge, Jim? Um, right. I am not far enough to get to the point where everyone says it goes horrible and starts to <laughs> kick them directly on their anus. Uh, so far, I'm loving it. But I have not even reached the second boss yet. And uh, certainly from what you told me, it's the third boss I've got to watch out for. Uh, mm. At some point, this game is going to miss the point of Dark Souls and start being hard. Or as you said in your review, uh, tries too hard to be hard. Um I'm hoping I can still enjoy it because I've been loving it so far. It's very rough around the edges. It's a, you know, focus interactive published Deck 13 developed game. You know what you're kind of getting with that pairing. Uh, so it's it's got its issues. Is it um I I've been looking at a few gameplay videos and is it what strikes me as it doesn't seem like an incredibly atmospheric game is is that a fair it's fair thing to say or will i be pleasantly will i be pleasantly surprised by the environments and what i would say is there's initially a nice sense of atmosphere that very quickly for me went downhill because with something that is like very industrial in nature of design there's only so many different environments you can go through Mm -hmm. that involve big heavy metal crates and scraps of metal before they there's there's not a huge variety because they're trying think, to stick to which that aesthetic. which also kind of worked in um against prey compared to dishonor didn't it, it yeah it, in the environments because there's only so much you can do yeah. with like industrial well, kind I think of one of the main and... one of the main issues with the surge is it's uh it it starts off doing the the thing like the fake friendly corporation where it's clear that, you know, they've got this trendy guy who's like a, he looks like an Apple kind of representative, talking about the, the Creo Corporation, they're the, the, the folks sort of behind whatever's going on in this game, and you're going to work with them. And, you know, they're giving you all the Wayland yutani corporate bullshit. 
but the game doesn't commit to it. It doesn't actually lean hard enough into that. So you only get mm. infrequent reminders that there's this bullshitty, plasticky corporation running things. Um, and the rest of it is kind of... like I, I like the the audio. The audio is good. The, the way the, the enemies scream with these kind of mechanized voices... Um, a, it's pretty intimidating and, and stuff. And a lot of the dialogue actually is, is quite good. Um, like the way the, the, certainly the first boss, the way it's constantly uh, talking at you as it's fighting you um, with these does directives have, and commands. Does, does it have the very slow, cumbersome feel that Lords of the Fallen had? Um, no, actually it's, quite the opposite. It's oh, at least to me, it's uh it's a, it's much more a game about being very aggressive and fast paced. It's 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 almost closer to say that this is their their attempt to ape Bloodborne more than uh, Dark Souls, uh, mm. where it's still got that that Soulsy mechanic to it. But you know you're rewarded for timing your attacks uh, to create these flowing combos, uh, uh, where you you spend less stamina as as you time the buttons right. And you build up energy with attacks that can then pull off finishing moves, so it always pays to constantly be attacking. Uh, and enemies themselves are very fast, very uh, aggressive, and, and it emphasizes dodging a ton. So there's a ton of kiting enemies and back, like backing away and ducking in, and and that they they did really well, I think, with attack variety. Like everything you do, whether you're uh, attacking after you've been blocking and just take a hit whether you're sprinting or whether you jump in whether you're uh you know different every little motion you do before an attack can influence the attack itself uh you can target specific body parts and cut them off to get new armor crafting recipes and things uh so it's and, and i like what what they've done instead of having light and heavy attacks you have horizontal and vertical attacks so you know, you're swinging from side to side or up and down, which can help you with cutting things. So they've 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 done really well, I think, in making a, a faster, more involving. Because uh, that was part of my problem with Lords of the Fallen was eventually it felt so sluggish, I got bored of it and couldn't stick it out. Uh, and so far with the surge, I'm not having that problem. Uh, the the only issue with pacing I have is, uh, and Laura and I were talking about this before we uh, recorded, <laughs> is the map design can sometimes be really obtuse where they've tried to do that whole everything's connecty and there are shortcuts that you can unlock and, and everything. But at least so far, there's only one quote-unquote bonfire that they're med bays here. There's only one med bay per level and the levels are very obtuse in their design. Like, there's one place I, I found a shortcut that unlocked me going from one shit show of enemies I didn't want to deal with to another shit show of enemies I didn't want to deal with. And the shortcut had no material use outside of that. It didn't progress me. It didn't make it easier to get anywhere. It was just one inconvenient place to another inconvenient place. Mm. And sometimes I've wandered around the map for ages feeling like I've, done, I've, con I've made no contribution to progress. Uh, and... Usually it'll be some weird, weird, unintuitive route that's the, the right way to go. And, and, like the first boss I found by accident because it spawned in an area that I'd already been to and I didn't know was important. And then I stumbled into it and I'm like, oh, now a boss is happening here. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a thing. The, the search is interesting in that it is trying to do some new things with the sort of uh, Soulsborne formula. Uh, I really like um, the fact that in terms of upgrade trees, you've got... You can upgrade weapon classes rather than individual weapons if you want, so that you have some more flexibility and ability to swap between weapons before committing to a specific one within a weapon class. Um, I really like, in theory, a lot of the stuff that the Surge is doing, but my biggest problems, having finished it now, are the shortcut designs are irritating in that they are not only obtuse, but often the game decides to put incredibly difficult enemies that respawn every time you go to a med bay in very narrow shortcuts. So if you want to go use this shortcut, you're going to have to fight an obtusely hard enemy 
which is annoying enough that I often just ignored shortcuts that I knew existed and went around to avoid the big fights. Because it was just easier to take yeah, the long route it, than deal with the It's easier to take the, lo- the long route than lose like a chunk of my health before even getting to the boss that I'm taking the shortcuts to get to. Right. Uh, the difficulty spikes in really irritating sudden uh, sudden large spikes out of nowhere. Uh, see, I don't, that, that's never good. Like, like... Yeah. It's one of my problems with it's 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 one of the big failings of games that I would call hard for the sake of hard, um, which I do think exists. Some people would argue otherwise, but I do think some games are they set out to make a hard game, not a good game, and sometimes that really fucking shows. I, yeah, I, I and, think yeah. I think one of the failings of those are these huge spikes because they don't care about balance. Yeah, I think particularly with the bosses in the surge, this becomes a problem around the third boss where. They start making bosses more difficult not by giving them more difficult and interesting patterns for you to fight, but by making their the amount of health they have become exponentially larger. They deal exponentially larger amounts of damage. They can spam one-hit-kill attacks one after the other, after the other, after the other, so if you get hit by one of them in a chain of them, you are dead. It's like um, listing all the ways of how to do a hard game yeah. bad. They uh, they I'm can recover their entire health bar if you don't kill them fast enough, some of them. Oh, that, that sounds very annoying. Yeah, <laughs> it's stuff like that that is just... It is hard for the sake of hard. It, it's trying to be hard because it thinks that that's why people like Dark Souls. And that becomes irritating. And it's annoying yeah. because there are so many interesting things this game is doing to try and put its own spin on the formula... But it just gets frustrating as it goes. Um, also, I I really don't like the uh, the dodging mechanic in this. Uh, rather than a dodge roll, it's a dash. But the dash has very little in the way of invincibility frames and is not a particularly long dash at all. So it is I found a weird with... little weird little dash. Yeah, move. I, it's something I found... I've. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, like, I've often found that, like, I've used the, sometimes the dodge is useful, but sometimes it's, it's more useful to just walk backwards. Yeah. Like, like, just, like, my, my usual tactic is to walk near them and then just walk backwards, let them, because they'd have triggered some attack animation, and by the time they finish, they've normally brought themselves right up close to me to attack them. So, Laura, Um, what you're saying is the dash is very short and pretty ineffective. Pretty much, like if would you, you want... would you say you didn't have a problem with that? In no, a I did have a problem with Nintendo this one. Game? <laughs> <laughs> I had a problem with this in this one. This this it irritated me here because I found okay, no 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 no. I fa- I found that in order for the dash to have any real effect, I needed to use it at least twice back to back, which took a good chunk of uh, stamina to do. Mm. And the other thing that I find really irritating about the combat system is that I found. At least in the 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 latter two thirds of the game, I found blocking functionally useless because when you block, your character cannot move. They get planted firmly mm-hmm. to the ground when they block, and I it stopped drains... blocking ages ago. Like yeah. I don't, I just don't block. It drains your stamina incredibly quickly as well. So, like, yeah. you, not only are you locked in position, but your stamina just is gone. And, and I didn't bother that... with it. <laughs> That, that sounds like, like I, I had one bad experience with blocking, where just some it was a regular enemy, uh, but it was one of those ones with the you know the the, the two hand the, the twin weapon attack guys the really aggressive annoying fucks, uh, ready to block for his attack and he took half my health, and then I was like okay I am never blocking again. Yep. And not I have only, never blocked I, I'm guessing not only did he take half your health, but he left you with no stamina, so you then couldn't back away. I'm fairly certain, he t- I'm fairly certain um, as well as the stamina, he just knocked me to the fucking ground. Yep. I, I gave um, up on, on blocking entirely. The dash really wasn't very good. It's like, walk in, get some hits, walk back. And that shouldn't be how you're having to do fights in a game that has both a dash mechanic and a block mechanic. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there is supposedly so. a parry, I mean, I but I could never get the timing right. It was such a tiny window on the parry. I mean, I will, I will say this: like, it may not be how it's supposed to work, but I don't, I don't mind that so much. I've played other games where sometimes it is uh, easier to 
not use the dodge and, and do walking and so hell sometimes in Dark Souls there are certain enemies where that's mm. the case well, um, and I mean, it, if, if it, it, it feels was... okay to me it, feel, it still feels very satisfying to if, me if to lure would... enemies like that if it were just certain enemies I'd be fine with it but <clears> as I went further through the game there were numerous times where an attack would be coming in and all right. of my, my senses would be telling me the right thing to do now is to dodge past it, but the dodge isn't good enough to dodge past it. Or okay. again, oh, like, you should block your the timing, days. you should block this and it doesn't work properly. Right. Well, I mean I'll 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 have more thoughts next week, I think, because like I said, I'm loving it right now. I am dreading coming up against this wall that that certainly you're not the only one who's brought it up. I've seen it brought up as mm. well that, that there are brick fucking walls in this game and i hope i will still like it because it would be a shame for them to undo what they've been doing so far in my time with it yeah but i guess i guess we'll see uh i mean I, my I... my impatience my intolerance for things that waste my time and make me feel uh like i'm my time is being disrespected in a game uh, is quite legendary so mm. so yeah. we'll see I'm kind of the same. I'm I'm a little bit like after so much souls and bloodborne, I'm a little bit burnt out on super hard games. So it would yeah. it would take a lot for for me to really forgive a game like that for yeah. the things that you guys are describing. And this this is this is what's so annoying about it is the whole way through that game I was enjoying things like the core combat mechanics. I was enjoying I was enjoying a lot of the creative things they were doing. But as the game went on, there were just more and more and more and more irritations that I had to fight through to see the interesting bits of the game, yeah, and I wasn't yeah. enjoying it by the end. That's a shame. That's a, honestly that describes uh, some of my feelings on on Prey, um, like the the bits in Prey that I found really interesting. The trade off was with, with the bits that I just found a slog were not, and I realize I'm. I'm in a minority opinion here, as I was with Dishonored too, and you know, uh, Arcane's recent work, I guess. Uh, yeah, I reviewed that yesterday um, because because I loved Dishonored too. I thought it was friggin' fantastic. Oh yes, yes, I I, I recall. Uh, I recall our conversations well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it yeah. is a shame when there are games that that have quality that you can see. But the fight to get to the the good bits just don't feel worth it. Like the trade off, the the value prospect just isn't there for you. I I really, they're the saddest games to me. I think. Mm. Yeah. That uh, that's what that that kind of describes as well how I feel about Alien Covenant. <laughs> oh God! Don't. Yeah. Like I've I've not seen it yet, and I'm. Mm. I've heard what nothing I've heard positive is, about it. No. Do you know what the most frustrating thing about that movie is? Is Underneath it, you can see this amazing, beautiful horror movie wanting to burst out of its chest, but it's just not getting anywhere. Um, that sucks. I yeah, you can see the I've movie. It could have been in there. Yeah, and and they they cancelled that other Aliens film oh, as well that, that, that Blomkamp was was working. That on. is such a balls. I was really looking forward to that yeah. one. I mean, I'll say this much. The longer Alien Three remains canon, I'm 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 still okay with that because Blomkamp's film was going to uh, uh, eradicate that and and restart the the universe from Aliens, mm. and I ju I think that's a shame just because I'll, I'll echo uh, Steve Burns on this because he's he's gone to bat for Alien Three and in the past as have I, um, I think the the horrifically dark tone of Alien Three, um, the way it begins and 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 everything is thematically on point and has an important part in the alien story uh, about kind of the, the hopelessness of fighting them. Uh, and to undo that, I feel is a shame. Like for as much shit as alien three got and for as much as the executive meddling did undo uh, uh, the original uh, vision for the film, I do think it deserves to still be part of, of Canon and outside of that though, if, if Blomkamp would have done a really good fucking film, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, I keep just, just muttering past it. Um, if he'd have made a really, really good fucking film, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, I wouldn't really have cared too much. I'm not one of those 
big canon purist kind of people. Mm. Um, I, I would I would sacrifice Alien Three at the altar of another good Alien film. Uh, mm. Certainly, it doesn't seem like Alien Covenant was worth cancelling the other project for. No, from what I've heard. Yeah. And, that, and one that's one of one of the things Alien Three did that annoyed a lot of people. Alien Covenant also does, <laughs> and and when it when it happened, I was like, are you? Fucking serious! Oh You're god, really... it doesn't kill Charles Dance as well, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh. It's just so it's just not scary at all. Not for uh. one moment in the film is it tense or scary, and that was disappointing. I just got this feeling that Ridley Scott wants to. He wants his own special cinematic universe that's bigger than Alien, and he's using the Alien to do it. Yeah, like that. That's. That was my impression from Prometheus, and what I've heard about Alien Covenant suggests that, you know, the MO continues. I feel like if he had done it in the way that um, that Valve very kind of um, subtly links Portal to the Half-Life universe, I think that could have been awesome. But, I mean, as one of the reviews... The word Alien sells more tickets than the word Prometheus. True. But as 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 someone said, and I can't remember who, but it was a great quote. They were saying that like the more questions this series is answering, like about the origins of the alien stuff, the less interesting it gets. Oh, because absolutely. Because it was always the mystery of the xenomorph that was yes, you know. And, and that was my and, one fear with Covenant was that he'd like over-explain it and and yeah, put into solid stone certain theories, and then just destroy their mystery. And I've, I think I've even said it on this podcast, and I've said it a dozen places, and I will continue to say it. The aliens are scarier just being something in space. Just yeah. being something you could meet. There's no and reason also, for it. It's just an animal, and you're fucked. Also, the aliens are much scarier in the shadows when you can see bits of them than when you immediately place it front, bang, center of the screen with bad CG and leave it like that for the whole movie. Well, good. Yeah. Well, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we did get a bit of other news this week. Oh, um, oh, by the way, it's worth seeing, though, for a wonderful scene where Michael Fassbender talks to Michael Fassbender about fingering each other's holes. Oh, okay. Yeah. That seems like a scene of cinematic masterpiece that yeah. needs to be the experienced. Enti- the, the entire... Now, this might have been just because we were an Irish audience, but the entire cinema burst into laughter during one of the scenes and it wasn't because it was meant to be a funny scene (laughs) (laughs) Ah, uh, so newsy bits we had this week Ubisoft have apparently just like announced half of what they're showing at E3 in advance because apparently they don't like the idea of surprises Mm. And um, it's probably going to get leaked beforehand. Yeah, why not leak it so. before the leakers? I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, at this point, they're, they're already, already a bit too Laura, late for that. But... Are we going to see Assassin's Creed Power Slave? Uh... I can't believe you both talked over my great fucking satire. Oh no, oh, I heard sorry, your satire, Jim. but you go on, do it again. C- no it way, again. no way. People will have heard it, and I will have already been given the key to the city for great satire. <laughs> Unless I edit it out, Jim. I have that power. You edit yourselves out and just have nothing but what I said on a loop for two hours. <laughs> Our <laughs> listeners will love that, especially the ones that tell us to stop with the political commentary. Um, so Ubisoft games that got announced before uh, before anyone could leak them. Uh, the Crew 2. Was yeah. that the uh, racing the, thing? The racing that, one, yeah. The one that had my crew transactions all over it. So, like, that's... Eh. Um, yeah. Far, Far Cry 5? That's happening. Could be interesting. Um, There is. I would love to see them go back to the uh, a more tropical landscape this time. There was a piece of art, and I can't remember what the art looked like. So I'm just gonna pull it up and tell say whether it looks like it might be tropical landscape of any kind. Uh, Mm. Not 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 very much to see from it. So um, there is there is a. Rumour that it's happening in the American West, specifically in Montana. So apparently, like, that's a thing because people were filming a live-action trailer for image, it in Montana. The image I'm seeing here looks like um, fucking Skyrim. <laughs> I'm just well, impressed that we're hearing about a Far Cry game possibly weeks before we're going to hear about the Far Cry game's pre-order bonus. Oh my goodness, that, that's, that's a huge that's deal to me. That there's going to be several weeks in which it exists as a game without any pre-order bonuses. But uh, yeah. 
yeah, <laughs> Far Cry 5 is apparently getting shown off at E3. Um, there's going to be a new Assassin's Creed released this year, because last year they took a year off. It's going to be the Egypt one. Mm-hmm. By and, the Black Flag team, which I know, yeah. Jim, you're not too excited about, but it certainly gives me some uh, interest yeah, for I mean, that I'm one. not, I'm not, uh, like, like one way or another, I'm not fussed. Yeah. Uh, that was basically my opinion of Black Flag, was I, I played it for a bit and was not fussed. I, uh, so, you know, I'll go into it open-minded. I enjoyed Syndicate well enough. I'm not excited about it based on it being the Black Flag team, but I am excited for it based on how much additional development time this one's been given and the fact that mm. they were willing to skip a year to give this one a bit more time in the oven. And so, how they did kind of imply that they were not not rebooting the series, but they were giving it a bit of an overhaul mechanically. Yeah, Hopefully. I'm I'm, Hopefully. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to yeah. see what that ends up being. In um, in in a post Shadow of Mordor and Mirror's Edge two and Zelda world, it it, it does need to improve the 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 feel of its play. Yeah, yeah I mean, it could certainly look at uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst and just not do any of that. <laughs> I like really, you didn't Catalyst. like the movement in that game. Uh, fucking huh. m- fucking liquid mediocrity that game was. I I, I agree, it but I really liked the movement in it. The movement was all right, but it wasn't enough to salvage the rest of it. I was just I just wanted to make a digger. I didn't even hate Mirror's Edge that much. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. What was the friggin' parkour game that came? Oh fucking Titanfall two now. That, that, <laughs> that fucking parkour game. <laughs> that that set the bar for me for for like movement in in games. <laughs> it did. It, it, it's certainly first person movement in games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Titanfall two had it had its shit nailed down. That was that was some good mm. stuff. Was there another third person action game last year that had like lots of parkour in it? Probably. What am I, is it Watch Dogs or two? I'm thinking of maybe. Um, uh, Watch Dogs didn't really have parkour. Yeah, it there had probably, a little bit, but not a super. Yeah. yeah, there probably was a game uh, with it in that we're not thinking of, but I know whatever there, it is there, hasn't come to my mind. Parkour in them. Yeah, uh, the other one is we got the news from Ubisoft that they're going to be showing an unannounced Switch game at their press conference. Cough, cough, cough! It's gonna be the Rabbids RPG. Are you sure? Because uh, I looked at Kotaku and they haven't confirmed that yet. Oh, they've not confirmed that one. That and they, they are the only place. <laughs> yeah, they're where... the only place that confirmed that stuff. So I, I am just looking at that like unannounced Switch Ubisoft project. I'm like, it's it's going to be the rabbits thing. The... Okay. Do you think we're the... going to see um, Mario runs into traffic at e- E3? Uh, that ga- said, that game looks really yeah. fun. That is going to be a big Nintendo focus barely... of Nintendo's e- E3 Direct. Apparently, like Zelda yeah. was last year, um, it's going to be playable on the show floor at E3. So. You'll probably see a good chunk of footage of it, like of actual gameplay footage. I am looking forward to that game. That I I think it looks really fun. I think it's gonna disturb me, but I mean, I mean, I I I've got no opinion on it as a game. I just hate that it reminds me of Sonic O Six. I, I think that's a horrible thing to think of whenever you look at a game, and seeing Mario next to the quote unquote you know realistic people. Mm-hmm. Is so fucking weird to me, I, and, I, and I'm worried I'm going to like. No matter how good the game is, I'm worried I'm going to feel queasy while I'm playing it. I mainly just wish this game. The the only complaint I have of what I've seen is I wish that Mario's hat didn't have eyeballs on it. I don't like oh, yeah, the eyeballs the new on the big hat. Thing for this one, yeah. isn't it? I, I always forget about that. Like, yeah, that the, the, the his hat they... is alive. Yeah, they they seem to think that they were even wearing a fucking hat with eyes on it in their original presentation. Like they, they seem to think this hat's going to be the big star, but no one ever talks about the hat. Like I only ever remember it as an afterthought because we're all too busy thinking about you know Mario in New York or whatever. I'm not opposed to the mechanics of having it, but much like Flood in Mario uh, Sunshine, I like these things as mechanics. I never think about Flood the character. Right. So yeah. what 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 is the um function of the eyes on the hat? Um we Do assume we the yet? hat's gonna be alive. All we know about the hat currently is Mario can throw the hat and it comes back to him like a boomerang, or he can throw it oh. and then jump on it when it's at the apex before it comes back and use it as a platform. It kinda looks like a sunburnt Goomba. 
Yeah, it seems like it's going to be in some way sentient, and we don't know why the sentience is going to be important. Maybe you fireballed a Goomba to death and then hollowed it out and wears it as a hat and, and keeps it alive, yeah. and it and it's in so much pain. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and 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 you know, funny enough, that isn't actually that much darker than what he actually does to them, which is to crush them under his no, feet. That's true. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently, like that's going to be a big part of Nintendo's E3 this year. Um, Has Peta ever got annoyed with uh, Mario? Oh yeah, no, they they've they, infringed on Mario's copyright to make a game about KFC. They they mainly wow. get annoyed about the Mario games because Mario wears Tanuki suits and frog suits, and they think and that that's. No, no, they they don't care too much about the Goombas. They care about Tanukis and frogs that are actual animals, and like by wearing suits of these animals, it's no. They don't care about the Goombas and the Koopas. The Koopas. No, they're they're not actual turtles. They're just they're Koopas that just look like turtles but aren't actually turtles. Uh. Um, But if you acknowledge a Tanuki and a frog as actual animals and not just things that are suspiciously similar to them, then Peter get annoyed and they're like, no, don't skin Tanukis to make magic suits. Like the lore of that, like that Mario skins animals and then climbs inside their skins like fucking (laughs) Tauntaun. It's pretty disturbing. Um, I would love to see Mario crossed with Red Dead Redemption. (laughs) <laughs> where he is just out hunting and skinning animals. Mm. And they're they're all cartoon ones and they're they're all sentient and they're like, why? Yeah, that would the I would ask why. <laughs> um and I think like the last bit of news we got this week is if you want a digital copy of Alan Wake, maybe get it oh, ASAP. Yeah. Because yeah, snap it up. Alan Wake is being taken off uh, digital storefronts because uh, they the the license they had for some of the music in it expired. I and... love the music industry so much, and yeah. I love that this happens a lot to many forms of entertainment. I love that the archival of entertainment cannot be done because record company lawyers have to get in fucking involved. You know, funny you should mention that. I actually am in the current process of completely removing all of my music from any form of content ID. Fucking because, right. Because, yeah, it's just become such a pain in the ass, and I see no reason to keep it, honestly. It just seems pointless. <laughs> and yeah. it fucks people over, you know? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. It, uh, yeah, I'm surprised content ID that, really um, does screw with people. I'm surprised that whoever the publisher of Alan Wake was didn't go through that with Remedy and make sure that this wasn't going to be an issue. Well, they don't... I mean, they don't really care at the time. Like, yeah. licensed music um, is, is is a big part of, of entertainment. You know, I it's wonder... in movies, TV shows and stuff. And if you... And licensing deals fall apart all the time. I mean, you know... I can't play, officially, I can't play the Aliens vs. Predator arcade game that Capcom made in any Mm. modern sense because, you know, Sega has the game rights to that and obviously Fox has the movie rights to that and Capcom doesn't Mm. really have rights to it. It's this whole messy fucking thing. So there are whole licensed games you can't really get reliably anymore, not to mention ones that use music. I'm curious as to whether Remedy will make a version of the game without the licensed tracks and just uh, release that. I I mean, the issue there is music was a real integral part of the game. It was, Um, especially in one particular scene. You you couldn't really imagine it without the music. This is what I was going to say, is that scene, I I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't played, but it seems like that scene is affected by this issue, and that's part of why they didn't just patch the music out and replace it with something else. I'm a big fan of uh, the use of licensed music in things. Um, Some people think it's lazy in, in movies and whatnot, but I'm a Done well, I think the artistic application of an existing song can be incredible. And I hate that the music industry and its licensing and, and its its legal bullshit mm. stands in the way of it so much. Um, there is an episode of Supernatural. Uh, I'm, I'm not a watcher of Supernatural. My wife's a big fan of it. Um, but there is an episode that in its original incarnation plays uh, Blue Oyster Cults Don't Fear the Reaper. And... 
apparently, I've not seen it, but it's applied in such a way that makes it a really memorable, wonderful scene. But if you watch Supernatural on Netflix, they had to use some different song because they couldn't get the license renewed. And apparently the whole tone of the scene is just undone. Uh, because, you know, they found this great way to marry two things together and the the legal system and, and licensing bullshit got in the way of that and, and destroyed art, like vandalised art because of licensing. Mm. I fucking hate that shit. By the way, if you haven't played Alan Wake... I highly recommend going to play it because that's a great Seconded. game. Seconded, yeah. It's a it's, it's a it's yeah, a good time that game. It is one of my favorite games of last generation. Mm. Beautifully um, atmospheric, like it, it ticks so many boxes for me. <laughs> it's rather fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah, is that a good place for us to wrap up for this week? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's get ourselves so. wrapped. Uh, Laura, me? you know how to you know how this does at the end. You know how this does. How this do? Me? Yeah. What? Ooh, what? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. That's the one. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. That's what pays the bills. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Other than that, you can find me on letsplayvideogames.com. And you're going to find me a couple of other places in the upcoming week. I'm going to have something up on IGN early next week. Ooh. Ooh. And Fancy. I'll be doing doing another of them fighting game reviews for Jim. Because Jim ain't good at punching things in video games. Yep, I'm a very non-violent person. Uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And and honestly, I love justice. I love justice, and that's why I can't support you can't, you injustice. Can't, you can't in be playing sort. injustice, because that's against your whole belief. Yeah, absolutely. It make me a, a damnable hypocrite. Uh, but I will pay other people to play them for me. And Gavin... Laura, you were yeah. done with everything. Yeah, yeah, I was done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh good. Uh, Gavin, mm. your things... Where can you find me? Oh in yeah, your da- in your dad's bed. <gasps> Scandalous, <laughs> but a great callback. You're doing great. Uh, Miracle of Sound on Twitter, Miracle of Sound on YouTube, Miracle of Sound Patreon, which is now at over one thousand five hundred people, I think. So thank you very much for that. Nicely, nicely. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for your support of the Jimquisition and Podquisition. As always, we will see you next week. That's all that needs to be said. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.